0: If you have your Bible, go with me to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. We're going to get a neat opportunity to look at a, a passage of Scripture. And and uh, before we do that, it's it's kind of neat to, to, if you spend some time with it, you, you get a chance, okay, here's Matthew chapter 20. But what's so neat is the Scriptures doesn't leave the individuals in Matthew chapter 20 where you and I are going to read about them this morning. What you're going to get a chance to see and be reminded of is the power of who this Jesus is, and then you're going to get a chance to see life is going to be transformed from what you and I read this morning. So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 20. So Matthew 20, 20 is where we are. Matthew 20, 20. The mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. He said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one on your right hand and one on your left, in the kingdom. Jesus answered her, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, We are able. He said to them, You will drink my cup, but to sinner it to the right and unto the left is not to mine to grant, but is chosen for the one who has been prepared by my Father to stop there. I want you to see, as I was kind of looking at Matthew chapter 20, I'm thinking there's just no way that she's going to ask that question. I mean, what we know about Matthew chapter 20, Jesus has pulled the disciples, if you go backwards, he's pulled the disciples aside and said, you know what, you're going to be flocked, I'm going to be flocked and mocked and crucified. You go back a little bit farther and you read the end of Matthew chapter 20 and verse 16, so the last will be first and the first last. Where in the world has mom been? As Jesus has been about ministry, what's interesting? Mom has found her value in her boys. Mom has also allowed society, and you'll see that in just a second when you see Jesus' response to the to the whole group, saying, "You know what? You're important." if you have a place of leadership. And so this was never true in my home, so my mom never had the privilege to have this bumper sticker on her car. Um, And so uh, that that really didn't happen. But there was one thing that you knew about my mom, and probably true of any mom, if you talk about their children, you're going to see a side of mom that you typically don't see. You can say a lot of things about a lot of different things, but if you say something about Seth or Rachel, you will see a side of Susan that you probably haven't seen before, because those are things that she values, and she loves them. And so that's just that's just the truth of a mom's heart. And it's really kind of neat to, to see that, but what's interesting to me, as you look at Matthew chapter 20, what is not prayed, what she doesn't ask Jesus for. She's really asking Jesus, say, you know what? Make my boys significant. Make it all about them. When we're spending eternity with you, I want my boys to be one on the left and one on the right. The place of honor, the place of worth, the place of recognition. You know what's interesting? She did not ask, would you help my sons to be good followers of you, Jesus? She didn't ask what she thought would be, would you help my sons humble themselves before you and say, you know what, it's all about you, Jesus. Don't see that. We don't see her on her face before Jesus or kneeling before him and say, would you help them to learn to surrender well? Because I don't know if this is true in your world, but typically as I watch men, they don't do real well with surrender. They don't do real wealth. You know what? I think you're probably right. I don't really ever see boys working at being last. Have you ever seen that? It'll be so cool for us to be last today. I'm kind of excited about that. It's like if there's the king of the hill, it's the kid at the top who's, everybody's trying to get there. They all want to be on the top for a little while, and somebody's going to knock them off. And so this morning, as you look at the Scriptures and you listen to this, you're seeing that her priority is to be on the right and the left. Her priority is not about her son's heart before Jesus, not about surrender. Now, what's fun is, is if you read on in Scripture, and I, don't, I want to be real clear here too, mom doesn't have the Holy Spirit. So it's not Acts chapter to yet. We don't see the power of the Holy Spirit going to be demonstrated and unleashed. And here we go. You know, he promises that in Acts chapter one, you'll be a few power when you're a great strategist, you're gifted, you're talented, you're an amazing person. No, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what also is interesting is, as you read through here, the boys think they're pretty talented. Look what they say. Verse 22, Jesus answered them, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm to drink? They said to him, we got this. We can do this. And I'm kind of thinking, as I look look at the scriptures, I'm kind of thinking, guys, hold on a second. Didn't he talk to you about being flogged and mocked? Didn't he just say to you that the first is going to be last? Weren't you astonished when this... Rich young ruler came along and Jesus kind of looked him in the face and said, you know what? Sell it all. Didn't you remind him when the children came to him and everybody else was trying to get get the children away, Jesus said, wait, just come on up here. We We want to welcome the children. Why? Because the children are a screaming picture of they'll follow. Oh yeah, is that what you say, Jesus? I'll follow you. I just accept you for who you are. These guys didn't get it. Now, As you go on in Scripture, and you can read later on in Acts chapter 12, that James is going to suffer death, and John's going to suffer death as well. Why? Not because they got this, but because the Holy Spirit came upon them, and their lives went in a different direction. It was no longer going to be about them. It was no longer going to be about, you know what, we really want to be on the right, and we want to be on the left. And so as Jesus is looking at these guys, he's saying, you know what, That's something that I'm not responsible for. That's something that my father will handle. Now, I want you to see this too. It's really kind of amazing to me how Jesus responds to them. And it's probably not like any response whenever you said something unwise to your parents. When you walked up to your parents and you made a comment that your your dad probably gave you that look like, have you just lost your mind? But Jesus doesn't respond like that. Here's Jesus' response. And when the ten heard, they were, you know, I kind of like would rather phrase this, they were like they had lost their temper. You know, we read indignant, we're like, oh, what is that? These guys are hot. That these two guys decided that they thought they were better than everybody else, and so they're going to elevate themselves in front of, the rest of the group. So there's a little bit of anger. There's a little bit of frustration. But Jesus calls them together. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. So you get a little picture about society. Well, oh, this is where it kind of, you get a chance to look at, well, yeah, you know what? The people of the day are saying, yep, you need to have position. You need to have affirmation. You need to be kind of seated high and recognized. And then you're worthy. So the Gentiles are saying that. What's interesting is the brothers have bought into that. Mom has bought into that and said, you know what? We just need to have position of authority. We need recognition. We need value. It shall not be so among you. Verse 26. But whoever will be great, Among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. The Son of Man came to serve. The Son of Man came to give his life as a ransom. The Son of Man came saying, you know what? It's not about me. It's not about my preferences. It's about what does it look like to demonstrate submission. You can kind of read it in this uh, New Living Translation version. It's Matthew chapter twenty twenty-eight. For even I, the Son of Man, came here not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Another way you could look at it in in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, I want you to kind of think about this. When was the last time your life was poured out as a ransom? Has it been six months ago? It's been a year ago. When was the last time that you were in a conversation and you didn't have to one-up somebody? I was in a conversation the other day and I'm walking, I was actually Thursday night, I was walking through the prison yard. So you got all the prisoners are kind of out and we're kind of walking through and somehow we got on a conversation that we play softball and, you know, with a church and a group of guys playing on Tuesday nights and, and so... I'm walking along just kind of waiting for somebody to make this comment. Well, you know, I can play. So I'm thinking, that's eh, not really going to happen. So farther, the closer we get to the classroom, this guy, and I, I told the first guy, this guy's probably got to be 100 pounds overweight. And so if you look at him, you're thinking, if he hits the ball, he's never going to get the first base in time if he doesn't have a heart attack on the way there. So I'm just walking, not thinking anything about it. You know, just we're talking. I was talking to another guy. Well, he makes the comment. Well, you know that I played semi-pro ball. And I just looked at him right now. I said, I just played high school ball. And he kind of looked at me like that guy just lost his mind. Like, did he not hear what I said? I played semi-pro ball. Yeah. You were a hundred pounds lighter, and it's and it's not like we Susan and I have these conversations. It's like men just can't not say something. It's like, well, when I was, you know, well, I, you know, I did this, yeah, thirty years ago, maybe, but still, now it's almost like even though we're walking into the prison, going to do a Bible, he's got to make himself. Well, if you need somebody, you can call me because. I played semi-pro ball. And I just paused and my mind said, wow, that's who we are as a church. That's what it looks like for the majority of people entering in a building today saying, you know what? Well, you know, this is who I am. And we place who I am on things that are out there. Not walking to the prison saying, you know what? That's cool. I'm glad you play softball. That's pretty awesome. Because we haven't learned what it looks like to no longer look internally, but externally. We don't know what it means to receive a father's love that says, you know what? I choose you when nobody else did. Why did he choose us when nobody else did? So when the Holy Spirit came upon us and we learned to be a servant, it wouldn't be about us. We wouldn't need the recognition. We would just turn and say, wow. Because of who he is in my life, I'm just different. Is that you? Or are you like the mom saying, well, you know, this is, this is what I need in order to feel valued? Here's a quote I found from Rick Warren. The most important advice on leadership I can give young leaders, it's not about you. Can I give you some advice as a brother in Christ? It should not be about you. It was not about Jesus. So it shouldn't be about you. And what's interesting is, as you go to this next passage of scripture, look at verse 29. Look at the contrast in the different types of people. As they went out of Jericho, a great crowd followed him. And behold, there were two blind men sitting on the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. Why wouldn't the disciples be the one crying out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David? Because they got wrapped up in society saying, whoa, hold on a second. We need recognition. The blind guy saying, Lord, son of David. Verse 32, and they and, and stopped, Jesus called them and said, what do you want from me? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be open. And Jesus in some of it says, you know, it says pity. Some says compassion. It's moved Jesus. And Jesus in his pity touched their eyes and immediately restored their sight. And what? What happened next? They followed him. So the guys that are on the inner circle that are walking around in a relationship with Jesus, that have seen all the word picture, the rich young ruler saying, sell it all. The first is going to be last. They haven't got it yet. But the ones who had the miracle happen in their eyesight. Now they're saying, you know what? We don't necessarily need to leave. We, we're going to follow you. You've done something inside of us that nobody else can do. You gave me sight. We'll follow you. So here's how it kind of, kind of goes together. I want you just to pause for a second. And I want you to really think about this. Are you an individual that says, "Did you see that? Are you the person that's walked around and, and you do something and you want everybody around here to see you? Well, you know they they carried out the garbage. Could you make sure you post that on Facebook that my spouse carried out the garbage for me? My spouse folded the laundry. Didn't put it away right, didn't fold it right, didn't put it in the right place, but actually thought about folding laundry. Wow. Or are you the person that says, you know what? Did you see him? When people look at us, do they are they looking at us saying, Well, what what why do they do that? And then they come up to you and say, Why did you do that? Because what's happening in me? It's Jesus, and there's power in his name. And so I don't have to be recognized. I don't have to have the final. It's it's okay for me to be a servant. And so maybe not so true in this group, but I'm telling you, first hour, they don't know what a servant man looks like in a home. They don't know. They grew up in homes where dad would sit down in the recliner, flip the f- the feet out, and he would start reading the paper. And there would be a comment kind of like this: "Man, I would wouldn't mind having some ice cream." Well, <laughs> I'm kind of thirsty. There wasn't the dad that would fold down the re- the the re- recliner, get up out of his chair, walk over to the refrigerator pull out the ice cream, and dip it for himself. Didn't happen. They just sat there and waited for people to say, well, here's this, here's this, here's this. And so what does sacrificial living look like for you? When was the last time you said, okay, when that stuff Still small voice came inside of you and said, You know what? You probably need to walk down that aisle at Publix. I know that person that you don't like, they're there, but I want you to do this. When was the last time you just said, Okay, because there's power in your name, and I don't want to, but because you're the cornerstone of my life, I'll do it. Can you remember? It's been six months, a year, two years, three years. And also, I want to be real, I'm not asking you to be a doormat. There's a balance here. We all have needs and issues and burdens, and I can't go out and pay everybody's electric bill this month. I wouldn't mind doing it, but I I just can't. I mean, I could give you my credit card, and it would pay for it, but then somehow... I would be paying interest for quite a while because I don't have the financial resources to go do. I would love to do that. I'd love to pay your all mortgage payments if I could. Well, maybe not all of y'all, but some of yours. I, I just can't do that. And it's okay. I understand that. I'm not ta- I'm not asking you to be the superhero. I'm asking that still small voice. One other thing I want you to pause and think about. Where was the last time you saw healing in your life that developed a heart of fellowship that you've never felt before. What's the last? What's the last time He's done in your life? Now I realize that we we typically think of healing. We think, you know, what could you just get rid of cancer? Could you just do this? Well, you know, I need this. I got this heart issue, and it just it could fix that. And I recognize that God could do that, and I would be excited to see Him do it. But I think there's other areas of healing, like why are you still mad about something that happened 20 years ago? Why can't you forgive? Why can't there be something like that happen in your life? You say, wait, let me just tell you what happened in my life. There's this supernatural work that now, you know what? My temper's not as what it used to be. I'm not as bitter as I used to be. What was the last thing? I mean, it's 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 exciting to think about for me because there's so many things that go on inside of this individual that you will never know. And I won't tell you, but it's so fun to watch God just do something inside of me. I love it. And it makes me excited about who he is. And so I'm just saying, you know what? I'll, I'll follow you. You've done this and this and this and this. But there's one last thing that I want you to think about before we walk out of this building. Maybe you don't know him. So how how could he help you serve? Because you've really never came to a place in your life that you said, you know what, I'm a sinner. So how can I live sacrificially if I never get to the place to say, you know what, I need a Savior? So have you called on him? Maybe there's no healing of your anger and bitterness and your rage and whatever it might be because you don't know him. Maybe you can't identify The fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of those things are products of the Holy Spirit. They are not my power. I can't produce love and patience and kindness and gentleness, and so I can't produce that. Have you seen it recently? Have you seen a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in your life that you step back and say, wait a second. For some reason, I was patient. It must have been the Holy Spirit. Because you know what's true is these two disciples, yes, they ask, their mom asked a really strange question, but they did not stay entitlement men. They gave their lives for Jesus. What about you? Are you an entitlement Christian? Well, this is what I need, Jesus. I don't know. Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity. To open the scriptures, and I don't know, I don't know all the names, and I don't know all the backgrounds, and I don't know all the baggage, and I don't know all the issues. I know you though, and I know what you want from me, and I know what you said to us very clear this morning that you did not walk on this earth to be served, but you came to serve. And so if that's who you were, then may we become that as well. And I know you can do miracles. And I know you you made these blind guys see. But Lord, there's some blind brothers and sisters sitting in here. Heal them. Set them free. Father, would you change us? From being people that look for, look at me, to individuals who say, wow, there you are. They see you and me. They see you and us. Father, if there's somebody in here that doesn't know you as Father, that never got to the place where they humble themselves and say, you know what, I'm a sinner. Mess up their world until they fall on their face before you. lots of obvious things to get their attention so one more could be rescued so here we are your children imperfect broken but may we lean on the cornerstone may we lean on you Jesus may we live in desperation of a relationship with you that we learn to depend on you for help we cannot live sacrificially without the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, manifest yourself strong in our lives. Do amazing healing works in our lives so we see the demonstration of your power. Whatever tribe is next, whatever boy is next, whatever girl is next, they hear the, the Jesus video in their language. May they run into you, Jesus. Continue to open doors and hold tribes and Muslims reading the, the script so they get saved. Oh, you've got so much power, God. May we step back and be in awe of who you are. So Bless Rachel and her fiancé. Use them, Lord, in ministry. Provide for them. So many people come to know Christ. It's your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you'd like to meet Rachel, she'll be out there. And uh, so, thank you for being with us. God bless. Have a great day.